the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. As marine insurance buyers know full well, late autumn is not just the season of mists and mellow fruitfulness, but also the time of year when P&I clubs set out their stalls ahead of the coming renewal round. The tradition has been for each international group affiliate to come out with a headline figure for how much an increase it is seeking in premiums between now and the renewal deadline of 20th of February. Usually, this has been by way of a so-called general increase, known in insurance jargon as a GI. That term refers to a flat-out percentage points rate hike that owners will be expected to cough up across the board. When times are good, as they were in the middle years of the last decade, this can even be a zero GI, which in plain English rather than insurance speak, means a price freeze. But the last two renewal rounds have seen most clubs ask for mid to high single digit rises. But significantly, a handful have explicitly rejected the notion of GIs altogether, and these days price on the basis of individual loss records instead. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List, and in this week's edition of the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast, we're going to be taking the temperature of the P&I world as it embarks on the latest iteration of this time-honoured annual ritual. Early indications are that the thermometer is rising. First club to declare this year has been West of England, which is pushing for a 15% GI. Now, that alone is newsworthy, ranking among the highest for any IG club in recent years. So we're particularly pleased that West Chief Executive Tom Bowsher has been brave enough to come on the show and explain why his board decided on the move. We also have one of his critics, Mark Cracknell, Head of Cargo at Marine Insurance at megabroker Marsh JLT Specialty. He's a man happy to stir things up in the usually collegiate world of P&I. And in the past, he's accused clubs of being overcapitalized and has called for them to consolidate into half a dozen larger entities. Now he's authored a paper due for imminent publication, putting the case that the very idea of GIs is a thing of the past, and that all clubs should be pricing on record. We're also joined by Stephen Hawke, Managing Director of Lockton's P&I broker affiliate PL Ferrari, one of our regular podcast guests, who is renowned for shrewd insights on the P&I sector. Let's start with Tom, who was interviewed by Lloyd's List's insurance editor David Osler this week. 15% is, by any measure, an appreciable rate hike, and Dave asked him whether this was playing by the old maxim of go big or go home. No, not really. I uh, No, I don't think that's the case at all. Um, we've we've been, as you've reported in Lloyd's lists uh, several times, and as we've discussed uh, in the past, David, um, there is an underrating in the market. Um there are varying views on what the underrating is. Various percentages are, are thrown around, and I'm not necessarily going to get drawn on that now, but it's quite evident from the performance of the group as a whole. Um, when you look at the average combined ratio across all clubs and and the and the development of that and over the last five years, for example, it's only going in one direction. So we feel that we need to take... Um, robust and decisive action at this renewal um and so does our board our board completely agreed with the manager's strategy uh, when we met last week we were w- one of the lower gis last year so i don't think people need to sort of get too excited or overreact the crucial question is whether west's move will prove to be a bellwether for other clubs 
Mark Cracknell from Marsh points out that West is not one of the larger clubs and the sector giant guard has already explicitly ruled out a GI. That's going to create a dilemma for the others as they come to decide their strategy for the round ahead. Is Mark. That's a very good question. I don't know whether that will embolden the others to go for a bit more than we would have said they might um, uh, um, earlier in the year. So, you know, the problem that the the larger clubs like you know, Britannia, um, North, Standard, um, in particular, UK club, the problem they have is that Guard will not have a general increase. We had Bjorn Andreasen um, on a webinar that we held for you know, clients and prospects in North America only a couple of weeks ago and beyond. And we put the question to the panel, which uh, consisted of, you know, included other senior PNI club managers. And Bjorn was absolutely clear, you know, as CEO of Guard, that Guard does not believe that general increases are an appropriate um, method of um, an appropriate approach to renewals. They think that, um, you know, they will, they, they, they almost certainly have business where they will look to increase rates, but that's based on the merits of those particular relationships. They think, you know, and we kind of share that view that general increases are an anachronism in the modern world. Ferrari's Stephen Hawke does regard West's big ask as a potential pace setter and notes that it is well above what the pundits would have seen as likely even a few months ago. I think it's a benchmark, and if, if a benchmark can be at the high end, then it's both. I think it probably would be the case that most commentators six months ago would be predicting general increases for those clubs that have general increases of maybe between 5 and 10%. And over the last six months, that range has ratcheted upwards to now maybe 75 to 15%. I think the West of England have been brave in coming out first and setting, if you like, uh, if not a target, but uh, 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 an amount that possibly is at the highest end. And and um, and it allows, if you like, probably the other club boards to take that in view when they set their own general increases. But largely speaking, I think most clubs will be in the uh, 10, 12 and a half percent general increase range. Needless to say, Tom Bowsher doesn't think that Mark's calculations add up. And accordingly, he makes the case for higher premiums like this. Well, look, Mark, I respect Mark. I know Mark is very outspoken about um, overcapitalization of clubs. Um, I think the fact that one club, unfortunately for them, uh, has had to call unforecast calls in the last week. Uh, and I think you're going to see um, the West not being alone on the general increase front and not being alone in the double digit increase. Um, I would question <clears throat> where, what Mark is basing his views on, but he's perfectly entitled to his own views. And I, and I do respect him as a broker. So I'm not here to sort of have a, a, a disagree with him because it would be, you know, I'm happily debate the, the topic with him and I've taken part in Marsh, um, webinars on this subject with other clubs where I think you and Tradewinds both reported um, the club's views and Britannia were involved in guard where we all felt that general increases were needed and there's an underrating across the market and I think one of the reasons for that is that the the way in which the claims are developing now attritional losses excluding COVID which I believe are adding some attritional losses and we'll no doubt talk about that later Attritional losses and frequency of claims is not 
is under control. Most clubs can accurately predict where that will be and you're not seeing spikes or, or any particular issue there other than COVID, which of course we hope is a, is a, is a, is a temporary spike in the claims development curve. It's the larger losses and the severity of those large losses. And unfortunately, they're very difficult to underwrite against. And if an owner has a large loss, whether it be a pool claim or one that's within retention, but significant, um, what what Mark is essentially saying there is that that member should pay for his claims and others shouldn't. But the mutuality system has worked for so long in that we share the burden of risk and it actually overall keeps rates down. Um, and that's why a lot of clubs abate their claims. Um, so their sharing of the larger losses to allow records to recover and and, um, and owners to pay a certain amount without being overly penalised. And that's why the mutual system has existed for so long. So I you probably expect me to disagree with Mark and most of my peers do as well, but Mark is entitled to his opinion. But I think a lot of what Mark has said in the press recently um, is contradictory to what we're seeing in, in the market coming from the clubs and, and the boards of which those boards are made up of, of ship owners who we insure. So um, you make of that what you wish. Tom also says, not unreasonably, he can't speak for his peers who, of course, make their own pricing decisions. With the first out, I have no idea where other clubs will be. I'm not going to speculate. I hear lots of things in the market, as I'm sure you do. But um, we're, we're confident with, with the strategy we have in place. Um, and we feel that, unfortunately, because no one likes to see premium increases, and it's not something that we, we take any... Um, enjoyment from um we, we we feel that was the right thing to do so that's what we've done and it's never the easiest being the first out because no one has anything to gauge it on so it could be that we're out of line with the market it could be that we're firmly in line or if not one of the smaller gis i doubt we'll be one of the smaller gis but i i think we'll, we'll my prediction will be that there'll be other clubs in and around where we are so i don't think we'll be yeah. out of line and later on in the interview, he added that he was so determined to make 15% stick that he is willing to see West lose business if need be. This is, in other words, a hill to die on. Yeah, I think um, we showed last year that we de-risk. We, we said goodbye to um, 7.5 million tonnes of business last year at the renewal, $12.5 million of premium. The average combined ratio um, in the aggregate of that those accounts was over 190%. Well... Um, and uh, there is a, there, as I said at the start, David, every single club is reporting, including Guard, that there is an underrating in the market. So you come to your own conclusions. The people that listen to this podcast come to their own conclusions. If a, if a industry is losing money, is that a time to grow or not? Now the jury's out on that one. Some would say grow when the market's weak and then correct it later on. Others would say, well, the underrating has been going on for so long that to grow in a market that's maybe as much as 20 to 25% underrated is not sensible. I don't want to see members go. We're, you know, it's a very small proportion of our club. You know, we we insure over 360 owners, and we said goodbye to I think it was 15 or 10, 12 last year. It's a very small proportion. It needs to be put into context. But yes, I think um, we owe it to our other members and the and the mutual system that to to get the rating right uh, and to make sure that the club is in a in a capitally strong solvent position and if if an owner is uh, a member is not 
not prepared to pay a rate that we think they need to pay. And of course, that's that goes into a whole new discussion point of well, what were the renewal terms and what's the reason for the increase and in that, you know, there's no point speculating on that. But there will be differences of opinion, there will be compromises, there will be there will be term changes. So you might change risk appetite. You know, there are other ways of addressing a record than just an increase, excuse me, in the rates. But um, I think it's fair to say that, yes, we probably will see owners leave the West of England this year, as I think will be the case with other clubs, because we saw a lot of business being shown uh, the last renewal from other clubs. Then there's the question of why we are where we are. Stephen Hawke pointed to another key recent P&I story, the supplementary calls of up to 35% for the last three years at London Club, as well as the last two renewal rounds. Obviously, the need for more money has been apparent for some time. Um, I think what's going on is a trend that's been going on for two or three years, um, whereby clubs' core premium hasn't been sufficient to pay claims, but has been subsidised by good investment returns, which has meant that there's been a resistance to actually uh, dealing with the fundamental underwriting problem. And then, as you're aware, the high value pool claims have been running at record levels um, and therefore there's not just not enough premium, even if subsidised by investment income, but there's a a huge unbudgeted drain on people's reserves as they have to contribute to these pool claims. When you go to the London Club, um, the only objective analysis really is probably the one set by the regulator, the so-called Solvency 2 levels. Um, And most clubs will trade at about 200% of their Solvency 2 requirements. Just keeping that figure in mind, the London Club in 2019 was at 150, which is low, and had declined to 136 in their latest circular in 2021. So what that means is they're cusping on where the regulator may feel that the need to take action. And hence the only substantive action that they can take in the short term is to raise um, an additional unbudgeted supplementary calls on the three open years and generate 80 to $90 million worth of additional capital uh, to put them back into a place where the regulator um, won't won't be so alarmed. Mark Cracknell is a broker and obviously comes at the question from a different viewpoint. He thinks things aren't as bad as the clubs are claiming. Why are we where we are? Well, I, don't, I mean, our view is we aren't in a bad place, generally speaking, um, and that these general increases, uh, you know, uh, aren't necessary. In, or at least, you know, we don't... So, you know, the position that we are taking... Um, in our annual report is that you know we do accept that premiums have not risen at the same rate that you know business volumes have risen and that claims while they haven't risen much have risen a little um, and so there is you know probably a need there is well there is certainly a need for an adjustment to premiums but we think it should be done on the merits of you know of each individual case that that the pli club should underwrite uh, um, their way out of that situation rather than seeking to impose increases on the membership as a whole regardless of Stephen meanwhile sees the soft markets of recent years as bearing much of the blame one of the underlying causes has been the simple one that the market has inverted commas been soft by pni standards over the last 7 years or so and i think in the last 5 years the average rate has declined by about 30 to 33% 
Um, but the claims haven't gone away. Um, and we're not talking here about very big pool claims. We're talking here about the day-to-day -day claims. And um, the clubs have been able to ride through that because they have had investment income that has subsidised that underwriting loss and brought them back into um, combined ratios which were acceptable or even positive in some cases. Another factor at work, as Stephen alluded to earlier, in the premium increases is the international group pooling mechanism. Pool claims hit an all-time high in 2020 to 2021 and looks set to bust all records again this year, thanks to casualties such as the Wakashio, Express Pearl, Hoag Zaymen, Stella Banner, One Opus, Diamond Princess, and of course, our old friend the Ever Given. Dave asked Tom if we're looking at the start of a trend, and he thinks we are. Stephen seemed largely to agree. Yeah, it's a good question. A lot, everyone's talking about the pool, particularly the uh, clubs, understandably so. The last three years have been um, pretty awful, not just because of cost, but also the way the years have developed. So historically, at the 12-month point, a pool year would tend to flatten. It wouldn't completely flatten, but it would start to flatten, meaningfully flatten. So you wouldn't see aggressive changes and fluctuations after the 12-month point. But the last three years, not only have they been record highs in value, but also the way the year has developed has been difficult for clubs to predict. Um, you know, we build in, as Mark Marsh has referred to, these, these huge... Um, reserves we have, but we 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 have to build in IBNR for for pool, and and it's been very difficult for the clubs um, because the pool years are not settling down; they're continuing to develop and, and deteriorate post twelve months. So, and yes, the uh, last year was a record high, and this year, um, well, the first six months there have only been five, say only, but there's been five pool claims declared to the pool. Um, eight in total, but only five that have been estimated uh, as being a pool claim. Um, and actually, if you look at frequency, that's that's quite low compared to some years at the same stage. However, uh, four of those five claims are all in the upper pools. The values of those claims are significant, and that is why um, the clubs are very concerned because the way this year is developing is, particularly in the first six months, and we're now. Part we, as of today we're past the uh, the eight month stage as well. Um, it, it's been a concern. Yes, there's no doubt that the pool has been a concern, and I think it illustrates what I was saying earlier, which is it's not so much frequency of claims; it's the cost of claims that are causing us the problems now. Um, the Express Pearl off Sri Lanka, 174 million. Um, you know, th these are big claims and uh, values are significant. And it's 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 something that's very difficult to underwrite against um, because you can only do so much with a rate or a deductible to address a, a claim of that size. So it's um, yeah, the pool is, is definitely a talking point, whether it's a trend. It's certainly looking that way at the moment. We're now having a fourth straight year of, of, of higher pool claims costs. So, um, yeah, when does, a, when does a spike turn into a trend? And at the moment, I'd say, sadly, it's probably moving more towards a trend than not. In the last two or three years, as we've already discussed, um, pool claims have just gone through the roof. And each club has to contribute to those pool claims in proportion to their size and to their record on the pool. And they budget for that forward each year based on, if you like, history and put a margin in. 
but that margin that they put in and that historical basis has been proven to be nowhere near sufficient to the actual amounts that are being declared at the moment. So there is a big shortfall, you know, in tens of millions of dollars for each club, which is unbudgeted in terms of what their forward projections at the time of setting their finances for the year would have predicted. And that money has to come from somewhere. And the only place it comes from is the free reserves, reducing, if you like, their solvency position. And the only way to correct that, unfortunately, is, is to get uh, premium increases. So the idea of pool claims pressure is accepted P&I wisdom right now. But once again, Mark is sceptical about the extent of the problem. Um, in a nutshell, I don't, not as much as you would as we're perhaps being told. Um, look at it if you look at pool so i mean we, let's i mean obviously we're, we're talking about claims within the pool so obviously a number of those claims or, um, have, will exceed the pool retention of 100 million dollars um so they'll fall into the reinsurance layer but so we're looking at if we're looking at the bit paid in principle anyway it's obviously this you know the way the pool operates is a bit more complicated than this uh, than the yeah, yeah, than, than it appears at, at face value um but if you if you look at the cost of pool claims per gross ton um entered in the pni clubs actually the current uh, pattern is not much different to the pattern in 2012 and 2013. you know what, what you actually have, I think, if you look, if they, uh, in, um, when you look at it that way, is, um, is there were probably unusually low pool claims in 2014 to 2017. Um, but pool claims now have just returned to the pattern that they um, they were being incurred previously. You know, so I think, so I think, you know, what we're really saying is this is kind of forecastable. You know, this is predictable. And could have, which could and should have been forecasted, we think, um, and isn't as you know. Yes, the in absolute terms, the numbers are higher and at record levels. But then, the business entered in the PNI clubs is at record levels. You know, obviously the proxy for for premiums in in the, the premiums the PNI clubs charge is, is gross tons entered. Um, so uh, we think it's reasonable to look at pool claims as a factor of gross tonnage insured by the PNI clubs, and it doesn't look out of kilter, to be honest. Well, that's it from the podcast for another week. So thank you for listening. A reminder that if you're not already a Lloyd's List subscriber, you really should be, because you're missing out on some of the best marine insurance coverage available anywhere. You can find the best subscription deals at lloydslist.maritimeintelligence.informa.com forward slash subscription. We'll be back next Friday. Have a good week. For occupation G and a blue From a G.I.